Well, as we start, we're going to start with the top one, and I'm looking at this side. The next four Sundays, we are going to be going through our Advent Conspiracy. Remember, the Advent Conspiracy is where we are going to acknowledge Christ, not only in a time where we celebrate Christmas, but a recognition of what His birth actually means to us. We are challenging ourselves to spend less, maybe one less gift, one less gift card, but actually to give more and to give not just uh, in monetary ways, but give in relational ways. Actually make a card for your mom instead of just buying something. Um, requires more effort. Bake cookies and then remember to share. Um uh, Things that family enjoys that brings us together, spend time with the people we love. We want to worship fully and love all. And so throughout the month, we are going to talk about opportunities that we can as a community give to our community locally as well as to Haiti, as we've mentioned, and we'll talk more about that in the times to come. But the next four weeks are going to be a time for us to gather and remember and enjoy this Christmas season fully. We want to really have a great time together and celebrate it in a way that I think is very important. You know, it's kind of funny. We we celebrate the birth of Christ, but the way we celebrate the birth of Christ is we give gifts to each other. What other party would you go to and give gifts to yourself and to other people, but not the person whose birthday it is. And that seems strange, but that's kind of what we do, right? It's like Christmas, oh boy, here's a gift. Oh, thank you, thank you. And and the whole idea of gift giving comes from the wise men who gave gifts to Christ, but we've taken instead of giving of ourselves to Christ, we just give to each other. So we want to change that a little bit. So anyway, the next four Sundays, we're going to be doing our Advent Conspiracy, and it's going to culminate on the 22nd, where we're going to have uh, Mike Beatty. Remember last year, Mike and Tracy came and did worship for us, did the carols. It was great. Well, this time we have the whole band here, so it's going to be phenomenal. And so we're going to have a great time of just singing, as well as a celebration. It'll kind of come to the head on the 22nd, so... This is opportunity for us to invite people and to be part of this. Again, more things to come. As we begin our Advent series, it is all about a gift. It's all about a gift that God has given to us through the Son, Jesus. And we're aware of the story. We know the story And so what we want to do is bring the story into our lives to recognize that, hold on, of course, computers, that as Jesus changed the world, he is still changing the world. And that Christmas can be a time where we do remember that change and bring it to the forefront today so that instead of it being something that happened years ago, Christmas becomes something that is happening still, that it is an opportunity for us to acknowledge the gift that is still being given 
to this day. And now we get to be a part of this life-changing story by taking an opportunity to remember the gift given to us and to be able to give of ourselves to those around us. You know, the idea of conspiracy, when you hear the word conspiracy, what do you think? Conspiracy theory? Okay, good. I was like, am I the only one who's out there? This isn't about theories, conspiracy theory. We're, we're not going to talk about aliens or who really killed JFK, things like that. The idea of conspire means to act in harmony toward a common end. And so our common end is going to be about this gift of life that is in Jesus Christ and how it is able to, to change lives. That it's not about getting it's about giving that it's about loving it's about caring it's about what god has done and is now doing through us and so it's a time where we get to not only remember the birth of christ but to acknowledge it in our living and so As we go through this series, it's going to all be about us working together to bring this life gift back to Christmas in our lives, in our families, in our community, and in the world that we are in contact with. That we actually can make a difference. And so turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. Now, I know usually you don't decorate your home with chains and shackles on Christmas. It's a little offsetting. Family comes over, what's that? Thank you, no thanks. We'll take the cookies and be, be gone. But really, this whole purpose of Christ's coming was about setting free. And we're going to start in the book of Isaiah, 700 years before Christ was actually born. Where it's a dark period in Israel's history. The Assyrians are expanding and oppressing them. And the children of Israel have a prophet named Isaiah who is speaking to them of what they need to do and what God is asking them to do, but they're not listening to the prophet and they're being oppressed by the Assyrians and so they're in this difficult time and this difficult period of distress. And that is the context that Isaiah is writing this to them. And so let's read from verse 1. To verse 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, 
You have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, established and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so, as Isaiah is writing, he he starts off with this illustration about God breaking in to the gloom and bringing this light into this darkness. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And so what is needed is a great light. You see, the story that Christmas leads to, the the story that leads to the birth of Christ is all about bringing light into darkness. It's all about deliverance. It's all about setting free. It's about the brokenness of man or the depravity for a, a biblical term. And all that means is that man is stuck, that he, he's trapped. And what's needed is illumination. What is needed is there to be a light that can expose the truth about himself and about God. What is needed is for God to break through. And there's only so much that we can do, but when you're in darkness, sometimes what's needed is help from outside. Have you ever been in a place where perhaps depression or circumstances weigh on you so much that this term darkness is the best term that really fits the experience? It can be daylight outside, but there is a darkness that you sense and know. It's something that has weight to it. It almost feels like it it weighs on your soul. There's a circumstance where you feel trapped, you feel locked. And maybe you make a phone call or you reach out to a friend and you need some other voice to come and speak to you because you are blinded by the circumstances. They have enveloped you and they overwhelm you. And there's a darkness that's taking place in your life. And you see, that's the circumstance that Israel was in and that's the human condition that God is speaking to. This place where we are stuck, where I just don't know how to get out of this. I I know the life I want to live, but I am 
unable to live it. I I know the person I'm supposed to be, but I'm not able to be them. I I know what I desire, but my desires are elusive and they're always one step away from me. And I can't quite get a hold of it. And I'm in this darkness. That's the human condition. And that's where we begin. Is we need a source of light to expose the darkness. We need God to bring his light for it to dawn in this deep darkness, this place where we are trapped, this place where we are stuck. And notice that it's you have enlarged the nation. Verse 4, for as the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke. You see, we need you to do this for us. There, there is a bondage that we're in and we need God to break that bondage. And a yoke was that wooden bar that would straddle the animal and it would be over its neck. And it was how they could be controlled and wherever that yoke was turned, that animal, that ox would have to turn and there is a yoke on our lives and we feel like our lives are just being controlled but not by the right things and you need to break that yoke. You know, there are so many things that we can be in bondage to. There are chemical addictions. There are emotional addictions. There are all kinds of things that we can connect ourselves to that are detrimental to us. And I know people who have gotten out of alcoholism or other drug addictions without God. It's not like God is the only way you're ever going to be delivered from drinking. No, there's there's people who get delivered from alcoholism or whatever without God. But there is something within us that calls for something else. And in other words, there's there's so much that we can do, but there's still some places that we find ourselves in where we cannot break that yoke. That there are some things that we can do and then there are other things where we are powerless. And we need that outside source not only to illuminate the situation but to break the yoke. To bring that grace and that life back to us. And you see... We can do so much, but we only can do so much. And there is a point where we find ourselves powerless to bring the change that our lives sorely need. But the good news is you have broken the yoke. You have shattered it. Those that were burdens on our shoulder, the rods of our oppressor. And this wasn't Israel's current experience. They weren't feeling the freedom. The Assyrians were oppressing them. This this was something Isaiah was speaking to them, but this wasn't some, you know, pie in the sky kind of Christianese talk. Oh, God knows. Oh, it's okay. God, you know, bless you, you know, kind of, 
this was a reality that was going to take place. In other words, Isaiah isn't just throwing out flowery words saying everything's going to be okay, be happy. No, they were under oppression. What Isaiah was saying is there is a day and the yoke will be broken. There is something that is going to take place that you are longing for that you cannot bring about yourself. And it's going to be amazing. It's a tangible reality that they were to experience in their history. And we know, because we're looking back, that this is foretelling of the Messiah, the promised one. And what we see here is in this dark place, in Israel's history, God is making them a promise. And he's saying a light is going to come. It's going to shine. I am going to break the yoke. I'm going to shatter it. The day is coming. And just as God had made this promise to Israel, this promise belongs to us. This is for us to hold on to. And as he goes on and he gives these explanation of just the joy that they're going to experience, they're going to rejoice as the people rejoice at the harvest. I've never harvested anything, but I bet it's fun. You know, you, you planted and you watered and you did all that farming stuff and then you get to get it. I always struggle with the farming analogies, right? It, then you get your benefits of all that time and labor. The other illustration is warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. In other words, the battle took place. The life was at risk, but now the benefit is there. You see, there is going to be a benefit to this light in the lives of those who see it. There's going to be a benefit. There is going to be a reward. There is going to be the fruit. There is going to be the production of something life-changing that takes place because of this event that God is going to do. And then the battle is going to be ended. The boots, the garments rolled in blood will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire. There's going to be the time when that battle is over. Now, what battle? What battle is over? Well, the struggle that we live in, the difficulties that we face. You see, it would be really bad for you to come away thinking that, well, because Jesus was born, everything is good now. There are no problems because Jesus was born. Has anyone experienced some problems since Jesus has been born? <laughs> See, that's not what he's saying. But what he is saying is that there are there is hope that can be found in the circumstances that we live in, that there is a promise from God. And the promise is found in verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. See, the promise of God, the illumination of God, the, the breaking of the yoke of God, the freedom that God offers to us is found 
in Jesus, in the Son. And so to us, this was given for us. God has intervened to us, helping us in our condition. And it says that the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called and it goes to give us a list of the character that we will see in this son that we will then benefit from because he is given to us. So these words and the things that we're reading, it's not just about him. This is what is given to us. And the first one is wonderful counselor. Now, in the time of kings in Israel, they would have a counselor. And this counselor would be like the word of God to them. He would give them advice. In fact, as we went through Samuel, what said, and as they received counsel, it was as if God was giving them wisdom and direction. And so, a wonderful counselor. How many times do we need wonderful counsel? How many times in our lives do we need a voice to tell us how to move forward when it's difficult? I can't count the times where I've needed wonderful counsel, where I've needed help, where I've been in situations where it would be easy to just curl up in a fetal position and just not get out of bed. I just don't want to face this day anymore. And how refreshing is it to get counsel that is helpful to help you see past this darkness, to help you to get that yoke off of you, to show you how to continue living in spite of the conditions that we find ourselves in. You see, he's not changing and making everything good, but what he is doing is giving us counsel through everything that we do and everything that we live. Because this world, there is going to be difficulty, tribulation, Jesus said. But we have counsel. We can be of good cheer. We can take courage because we are given direction how to live in spite of the circumstances. And so his name given to us is Wonderful Counselor. His name is also Mighty God, and this speaks of his power. He's not just a superpower. He has the power. Mighty God, he is able to deal with every circumstance and every situation that we find ourselves in. He is able to help us through that. But mighty God comes with character. In other words, it's not just might. It's not just power. It's mighty God and it's everlasting father. This God is connected to a relational aspect of a father, of a good father. I know many of us have not had good examples of fathers. But what we've all longed for is that 
kind of father, the one who will protect, care, teach, and guide. And so the mighty God is also the everlasting father. And he also ends with the prince of peace. These names that he's given are are character traits that are given to us in Jesus. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. See, because what we need, what our lives need, is to be set free from the circumstances that we're in. We, we need the light to come in here and to expose and get us out of the condition that we're in. And, and we need this freedom. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Recognizing who he is, being his disciple means to follow after him. If we will follow after him, we will recognize the truth. We will be his disciples and that truth will set us free. Now again, understand, setting us free doesn't mean, well, we won't have any problems. All the disciples, except for John, suffered martyrdom. They were all killed. They all went through persecution. That's not what we're delivered from, the, the freedom that we experience isn't just a circumstantial one. It, it's one that is connected to the internal things of who we are that show up in our everyday living. You see, these disciples who were set free by the truth that Jesus taught them lived the lives that impacted the lives of the world. That's why Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I've shared this story before, but it's so fitting in this circumstances. When I was in China back in 1986, I got to have dinner with a man that they named Panda. They gave him an alias name because they didn't want them to know where his family lived and so he had to have an alias name because he wasn't allowed to see his family. Panda spent 10 years in prison because he was a follower of Jesus. 10 years. And as we sat down and we're talking, I was talking through a translator and we were able to ask him questions and I was asking him all about prison and, you know, did you get to see your family? No, I, I haven't been able to see my family, but I had word from them and this and this. And the guy's smiling and, I, and I'm like asking, looking back, it's like, man, I'm asking all these morbid questions. What, what an idiot I was. I'm trying to like, well, tell me how bad you really feel being in prison for 10 years. You know, you'd think I'd, anyway, just thinking back, I'm like, oh, man, I feel bad. But I asked him, well, so, you know, you didn't get to see family. Was it difficult in prison? And every time I would ask him about how hard something was, Panda would answer in a way, oh, it was difficult. But every person who was watching me, every guard who was there to watch over me became a follower of Jesus. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And so, you know, how, how long... Did you know you were going to get out? Did you know? No, I didn't know I was going to get out or what time, what time they were going to release me. But 
And then he would tell me about the great experiences that he had, how someone would bring them a, a passage of scripture and that they would be able to share that passage of scripture to all these prisoners that were there with him and how they would be able to pray together and how they'd be able to do these things. And this man who lived in prison for 10 years just for being a follower of Jesus was as free as anyone I had ever met. And I felt imprisoned sitting next to him because there is something that can be set free within us that frees our life to be connected with life itself, with the God who gives life, and nothing can take that away. The yoke that is there is shattered. It's broken. And we recognize that this light has come. It's been given to us, a wonderful counselor, mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And no matter what the circumstance we find ourselves in, we can find ourselves connected to life, to light, and to the peace that God gives in spite of where we find ourselves. And sometimes the prison that we need to break out of isn't the circumstances around us. It's something within us. A bondage that is holding us captive. And we're looking for release. We're looking for freedom. And the light has dawned. The yoke has been shattered. And to you, a son was born. A child was born. A son was given. To you, there has been given a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. This has been given to us. And so Jesus says in John 14, 27, I leave behind with you peace. I give you my own peace and my gift is nothing like the peace of this world. You must not be distressed and you must not be daunted. Peace I give you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. What is this peace? What is this gift that he is able to give? The gift is the person, Jesus. The gift is the son. The gift is the promise. The gift is the light that streams into the darkest places. You see, God is the one who did this. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the good news. The zeal of the Lord means he is the one who is acting. God has done the work. He is the one who's brought the light. He is the one who shattered the yoke. He is the one who is zealous for you, for me. He is the one who has given to us the Son. 
And because of this gift, we are able to be set free. Because of this gift, we are able to find peace. Because of him, we can find freedom in this life that we live, no matter what the circumstances. And so there's a couple of questions we need to ask ourselves. One, what is shackling you? What is holding you? Maybe it is a chemical addiction. Maybe it is some other kind of burden that you're bearing. But what is it that is holding you? And maybe what your life needs is this deliverance. Maybe what your life needs is to be set free. You see, because the reason behind the deliverance is the need that's there. The the reason you're in this bondage is because of what is happening in you. It's because of where you are in relationship to where God is. And maybe the deliverance that you need is from your sin. That God is needing to break you free from those things. And so that's the first question is to ask ourselves, What is shackling us? What is it that is keeping us in bondage? And what needs to be broken in my life? And when we ask that question, and maybe you've asked that question already in your mind, and something maybe has jumped out at you. The first thing you said, yeah, it's it's this. This this is what's holding me. It's bitterness. I am bitter against these people. I'm, I'm... Harboring this, or, or maybe it is this, you know, oh man, I'm just, I'm in bondage to this. I just, I'm dependent on alcohol. Or I, I'm, I'm stuck in this area and I just can't see my way out of it. And, and it comes to your mind, this is where I'm at. This is, well, then what you need in this circumstance is the guidance of a wonderful counselor. Okay, how, how would Jesus speak into this place? of your life. What is his advice to you regarding this? Listen to the counselor and recognize that he is able to give you strength and help you through that. The next question I want to ask ourselves is, who is it in our lives that Jesus is moving us to communicate this freedom to? And how can we communicate it? You see, if a son has been given... If to us a child has been born, if there is peace available, if there is freedom available, if we see the the shackles that we have been living under, the emotional, the spiritual bondage that we are in, if we see these things, then how do we help those around us out of this circumstance? Who needs to hear about this freedom? Because the Son was given to us, but not for us alone. He's been given to us and to those around us. 
And so how can we better share and communicate this freedom to those around us? And that's what this whole Advent conspiracy is about. It's about us recognizing that the light has come, that the dawn is breaking, that the one who is able to break the yoke and the shackles has come. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And with this comes the responsibility of helping others break free. Because if the Son sets us free, then we are free indeed. And we need to live what that is. We need to embrace who He is and allow His life to change ours. Now, you're going to find yourself, maybe like I find myself, knowing the truth and find myself struggling and living it. That's the constant condition. And that's where we find the reality of our lives, right? It's like, I know what to do, but man, I have a hard time doing it. That's the good news, people. God is zealous for you. It's not about just how good you can be. It's about God. It's not going to stop pursuing you. He's not going to stop developing and working in your heart and in your life. He's not going to stop breaking the shackles. No matter how many times you put them back on, he's going to take them off. And you put them on, he says, no, I'm not going to let you live like this. I'm not going to tolerate anything less than what I have for you. I'm so glad that God is zealous for me. That he doesn't quit. That he doesn't say, man, it's been five times, that's it. Like Peter, Lord, how many times should we forgive? Seven? Jesus, oh man, no, 70 times seven. God is zealous. Your wonderful counselor is zealous. Your mighty God is zealous. Your father is zealous. The prince of peace is zealous for you. That's what we celebrate. That's the good news. That's what we remember. And we are going to conspire together on this. We are going to join together and recognize that this is our goal is to help people see that the Son has set us free. Let's pray. Father, throughout this month, we have opportunity to acknowledge you in, in ways that are unique. Because of the season, because of the holiday, we are able to bring the conversation about who you are and what we are doing with who you are to the people around us. Lord, may your zeal ignite within us 
a zealousness as well. May, may we too be zealous, just as you are for us, for those around us. And may we take these opportunities we have to do what little we can to contribute to the work that you are doing. God, may we invite those around us to be a part of something bigger, something greater, and may it ignite within them the spark that brings life. Father, may they see the light as it breaks through, the dawn that it's raising. May they see the yoke that is on their own lives and desire it to be broken. Father, may we be useful in your purpose in the lives of those around us. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your words. Thank you for this season where we can remember that to us, a child was born. That to us, a son was given. God, may we take that gift, that life, and allow it to grow within us. Allow it to change us. Allow us to move us into the light. We do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. God bless you guys. Enjoy each other's company. And we'll let you know other opportunities we have as we want to make this month and this Advent conspiracy a time where we recognize our Lord and all that He is for us. God bless you guys. Enjoy each other's company.